Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Craig Bowler, Jack, coming up momentarily. Of course, Bowler's interviews always brought to you by University of Utah Health, trusted health care provider for the Utah Jazz family and yours. David James will join the show coming up at 530. We'll get DJ's take on what's going on with the Jazz in the playoffs. And, of course, uh, two big Jazz-related stories. We'll get Bowler and DJ's thoughts on uh, Gordon. Johnny Bryant headed to the uh, New York Knicks and uh, Mike Conley coming back to the bubble. Yeah, I really like Johnny Bryan. I think he really helped the Jazz and was terrific at evaluating talent and helping it to uh, grow in a positive direction. So that's, I mean, that's what when you have people on your staff who are assistants uh, who do a great job, they're going to be attractive to others, and that's what happened here. All right, let's jump out of the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Of course, he's the television voice of the Utah Jazz. He's our good friend, Craig Bowler. Jack Bowler, what's happening? Hey, Jake. Hey, Gordon. How are you? Doing great, Bowler. I'll tell you what, it was uh, great to hang out with you the other day at the store. Man, we had a good time. We had a great time. And then the, uh, the, uh, the convoy came by. Uh, pizzas and uh, cookies for Gordo, but we had a great time, and we got to do it again. No doubt about it. Bowler, don't under, don't oh, sorry, go ahead. Don't undersell those wings, too, man. Those oh, wings the are wings really are good. good. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll go back, all three of us, uh, and uh, feast. That's what we'll do. Bowler, I know Jazz fans out there are a little bummed by the, the loss in Game 1, but, boy, what a fun way to start the playoffs. And Donovan Mitchell, historic performance. It was, it was so much fun to watch that game. Yeah, it was, uh, it was on, off the meter, so to speak. Um, you know, 57, I don't care when, where, how, is special. And I think in a playoff game, it's even a higher level of, of wow, the wow factor. Uh, you know, Donovan, what's bizarre is he had, a, he had two points in the first quarter. So put that in perspective of actually what he did in three quarters of true attack mode. But, you know, I don't know if I've ever seen him uh, ever in this, uh, at that level, of course, but in the attack mode, the confidence, the confidence mode, uh, taking on Jokic and dropping buckets over his outstretched hand. Uh, out-dueling Torrey Craig, who really had his number, guys, uh, prior to, to yesterday. And then, you know, just just the way that he got to the free-throw line. You know, when people say, what's the next level? You become a 30-plus point scorer when you're consistent driving like Donovan and getting to the free-throw line. And that's what we saw in game one. You expect more of the same. You hope you don't expect 57, but you hope that Donovan's confidence is at a high level to still, um, I would say, try to make up for the loss of Bogdanovich and Mike, who hopefully may, may be back for game three on Friday. We'll wait and see. But, yeah, that was special, guys. Uh, it doesn't happen often, and I was glad to be a part of it. So now that Donovan Mitchell is capable of scoring like that, what went wrong, Bowler? What, what do you circle as being the number one thing the Jazz need to do to be more successful? 
Well, this this play isn't the one play that that the Jazz lost the game, but it was a turning point. The eight second call on Mitchell getting the ball across the court. Everyone knows it was at 22, but Rudy had had the possession before it was knocked away out of bounds. Jazz, you know, retained possession, but the clock, of course, doesn't reset. Right. So. You know, those are plays that you just scratch your head at that, but it's a learning process for a third-year pro. Uh, um, but that turned into a three-point shot on the other end after the turnover. So that's kind of where it turned. But then in overtime, Jokic and Jamal Murray went just two-man ball. It was a two-man game, and they were both unstoppable. Murray played much like Donovan did. Uh, in regulation, but he turned it up in the late fourth quarter and then kicked it into higher gear in the overtime period. I don't know if the Jazz can really hang their head, guys. I mean, they had open looks. I think they can shoot the three ball better. Defensively, you you remember Jake and Gordon that Denver had the worst three-point percentage in the bubble at 45% against their opponents. So, you know, if the Jazz can knock down a few more threes, get the bench a little heavier, you know, more involved, uh, I think they'll be in good in good hands. I think the Jokic, you know, Gobert matchup is going to be a push at times. Even though Jokic turned it on late, uh, I still thought it was it was fun to watch. So, hey, this is going to be I think a long series. If not, they're going to be very close and tight like they have been the entire season. What eleven points separated the first three games of the regular season and had a double OT and now OT game. So. I just say, here we go. Let's, I can hardly wait to play tomorrow and see how it turns out. Bowler, you mentioned Mike Conley, and he's going to be uh, missing game two regardless, but there uh, it might be a chance he'd be back and ready to go by game three. We haven't seen the official word on that yet, but he is indeed back in the bubble. I mean, if the Jazz played him to overtime in game one, getting Mike back's got to do nothing but help, I would think. Yeah, I would think. It's depth. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a score. Uh, it's another assist man. It's another three-point shooter. I think Mike's playing his best ball, most confident basketball in a Jazz uniform. And, uh, you know, happy that, you know, he's got a new son. Uh, But now the whole process, because of the times we're living in, you have to go back into the quarantine process. And I'm not really sure, Jake and Gordon, what that truly means, but I'm sure it's 48 hours. I'm guessing it's pretty much what the Jazz had to do when they arrived the first time on what, july 7th and then have a couple of negative tests so hopefully you know mike's back in uniform but we'll uh, soon but we'll have to wait and go through the process speaking of jamal murray bowler what can the jazz do to contain him because you look at the individual defenders i mean royce o'neill can't cover him joe ingles that was uh that was uh ugly to watch what are they going to do well, you got to make him uncomfortable, Gordon. That's what I've always heard from coaches. Bump him off his favorite spot. Keep him off, you know, his his sweet spots, so to speak. So you try to make him uncomfortable and go to the, the opposite side. Push him to the spot he doesn't like. Every time we talk to coaches, you know, it's always about making a scorer uncomfortable. But he is such a, a good – I mean, he's a solid – I mean, what a player he is, man. I, I really gained even more respect for him watching him in the late fourth quarter and in overtime, how he was able to do exactly what he wanted. But he found where he found his spot 
and the Jazz at that time, too, I thought Gordon and, and Jake, I, I'm not sure how much energy was left. Um, like I said, it was a two-man game with him and Jokic, and it, there was just no there was no stopping the both of them. Um, those are really two good players, by the way. And uh, But, you know, again, Quinn has had 24 hours to probably, probably peruse the film at least a dozen times, and I'm sure he'll have a game plan I'm guessing part of it whenever I talk to Coach Q is bump them, push them, make them uncomfortable and put them on their offhand. So that's one way I would think the Jazz will try to defend him uh, in game two. Fuller, going back to Donovan Mitchell for a second, throughout your career you've called a lot of big games, big moments. I was talking to Gordon about this earlier when the spotlight is is the brightest. And one positive from game one uh, in regards to Donovan Mitchell, I thought that he proved once again that he's a spotlight player. When that spotlight is bright and his team needs it the most, he seems to play his best basketball. And I'm sure you've seen both uh, sides of that pendulum in your career, right? The, the players that don't play so well in that spotlight and the players that rise to it. Talk, talk to me about that concept of you as you've observed it and that kind of that uh, trait in Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, it's, it's there. I, we all call it the it factor, right? And people say, what's it? Well, you know it. He has it or someone has it. And he has it. Uh, it's hard to explain, but I, I think it just resonates in those moments, Jake, as you just you know described. Uh, some people shy away. Some people don't want to be in the spotlight. They want to be part of the process or of the five, but it takes a very special person uh, to be um, deliver, I guess is the best word, in the spotlight. Uh, And he did so in game one. He knew uh, that Bogdanovich and Conley were going to walk through that door, right? He knew it. He's an all-star. He proved it. And I think he is on a mission to prove that he and his third year can even go higher. And if that isn't what we saw, uh, you know, yesterday, I don't know what is, but he took that team on his shoulders and I thought did everything he possibly could. Uh, and I was very impressed um, with what he, you know, what he did because he was in a different mode of a mindset, Jake, too. And I thought, again, getting to the free throw line, attacking, he didn't settle for things he didn't want. He got what he wanted. And that's what I think other other greats who build greatness. Now, look, he's young, and this is the first or second step in a long climb. But at least we kind of understand who he is and what he can do. Polo, you talked about how the Nuggets had struggled to stop the three-point shot. Quinn has been trying to get his team to take a lot of those shots. They had, what, 47 in game one, and uh, still the Nuggets ended up scoring six more from three than the Jazz did. Have you noticed what makes the difference between a night when the Jazz are shooting over 40% and when they're shooting, what was it the other? What was it yesterday, 34, 33, yeah. something like that? Yeah. Uh, what's you know, the, what, make, what makes the difference? For my, And I always say this for my chairs, you know. I see a tendency with the Jazz, and I'm sure it spreads throughout the entire league, but we're talking about Utah. When the Jazz hit an early three, and usually if it's a Joe Ingles three, it seems to spread throughout the entire team. Uh, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's relief, it's confidence. But when that opening shot 
uh, goes in, it seems just that the Jazz are going to have a very productive night uh, from outside. When the first two or three bounce off the rim or they rush the shot, then it seems that doubt will filter through. And uh, you have to play through that, as we all know. And uh, sometimes when the Jazz have really struggled, it's because uh, I've, I've watched one or two players miss, and it seems like it's like, oh, boy, here we go. It's going to be a rough night. Uh, I just think early threes is the difference, guys, plain and simple, and then it catches fire. Uh, Joe seems to be very comfortable with the ball in his hand, walking it up the floor, surveying the defense, and then just tagging somebody with a three ball before they can even put a hand in his face. He's really, really good at that. And if Joe, I think Joe, Joe to me is kind of the, you know, the what lights the fire, and that's a lot of pressure on one individual. But I think Joe can handle it. Um, you know, he's been through international play, and you know, he's just a wily veteran in this league, a team leader. But I, I really think a lot of it lies on how Joe starts, or if a Mike Conley or even a Donovan Mitchell hits that opening shot, that three ball, it just seems to catch fire. Craig Bowler, Jack, with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Bowler, your thoughts uh, on the other kind of big jazz news of the day? It looks like Johnny Bryant headed to be the associate uh, head coach for the New York Knicks. That's a loss for the jazz coaching staff, no doubt. Yeah, it is. It is a big loss. Uh, I love Johnny. Uh, he's a, a terrific coach. Uh, you know, we, we know him because of his tenure in Utah with the Utes and the Jazz, and he's just a competitive guy. Man, he's a good teacher. Uh, with Walt Perrin leaving and taking an executive position, you know, with New York, my mind was he is going to cherry pick uh, someone off this staff. It's too good uh, not for someone to come in and, and take Quinn Snyder's coaches. But to get a, a – and I'm right, and you just said it. I, I, I don't want to misspeak, but it is an associate head coach. Am I right? I believe so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, if that's the case, you can't turn that down. Look, they have troubles in New York. Um, you know, there's there's still issues with ownership. Fans haven't really reciprocated well with him, as you know. Uh, it's been a constant rebuild now for a long time, but they're trying to build that new. Um, uh, what's the the, the 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 key word? Everybody says uh, you, you're trying to build a, a a new attitude, I guess, uh, in New York, and you'd think it'd be just a a haven for athletes to go to, but it hasn't been that way. And, you know, Porzingis, I thought, would turn the, the franchise around, but that didn't happen. So Johnny's got a big job ahead of himself, but I'm sure it's a challenge he's ready for. And, uh, you know, it's hard to turn down opportunity, even when it's, a you know, uh, with a team that's been struggling. I think he feels that he and Walt and the rest uh, can make a big difference in New York. But it's, it's going to be it's going to be a challenge. And, for the Jazz, it's going to be a challenge to, to replace him. And, you know, I'm sure Quinn has uh, feelers out, connections. He's well-connected. I'm sure um, uh, there's going to be a, a, an assistant coach that would love to land uh, underneath Quinn Snyder uh, to move his career forward as well. Now, I understand that he's going to stick around, Johnny, is for the remainder of the playoffs. Does that have any negative effect knowing he's leaving on the rest of the team? You know, that's a good question. I think sometimes coaches just make the departure. If it's a head coach, yes. I think if it's an assistant coach, I don't think it has as much impact. I'm trying to think back in the NFL and college football, I, I was smack dab in several situations 
where we called the game and a coach was fired but said, no, I'm going to stay. And then by the time we got to the game that week, he, he was shown the door because they want to move forward. Uh, you can't think about what was. You have to think about what is. So uh, I think with Johnny uh, and the relationship he has with Quinn and the players, I think it's going to work itself out just fine. Craig Bowler, Jack, is with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Bowler, uh, looking outside the Jazz Nuggets series for a moment. What uh, what other series is, is catching your eye? Because there are some really good ones, particularly in the West. What one are you most interested in? Well, you know, I'm, I'm keeping my eye, of course, tonight, Lakers-Blazers, okay? That one just because of what Damian Lillard did uh, in the, the bubble, the NBA campus, and the criticism he took about that, what have you done? I mean, he's an all-star. He ripped 61. Uh, he, you know, you know, they they win the playoff game against Memphis. What were they down? Three and a half games coming in. That's remarkable uh, to actually work their way up into this position. So that's probably the one that I'm really intrigued with. But you said it, Jake. Who? What? What game or what series isn't ridiculous in the West? I mean. Good grief. They're I mean, this, yep. this conference is, is a competitive – we say it every year, right? But is it not every year the same storylines? It's, it's unbelievable how talented it is in the West. There's good – there's obviously talent in the East. You know, Hayward, I understand, got the ankle, and that's going to, you know, put Boston a little behind the eight ball with the ankle. Uh, Toronto's intriguing, right? Because they've proven they can win without Kawhi, and they're they're on a mission themselves. So, you know, it's um, it's fun to watch. It's the most odd time in sports history, is it not? I mean, who would think we're playing in August into September, and then finishing in October? Uh, I guess for me, I'm, I'm anxious to see what the next plan is. I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but there's not a lot of time between now and December. That's true takeoff point for the 2021 season and a lot has to be done with you know free agency and drafts and all the above and man it's it's a wild time but you know i'm thankful we're playing i I wasn't that sure that the bubble wouldn't burst but man so far it's held and uh that's that's a remarkable thing and to get conley back in the bubble and cleared is another incredible accomplishment if he actually gets on the floor friday night Bowler, as always, we appreciate you dropping by the show, and we'll see you here at the arena coming up tomorrow. All right, guys, be good. Uh, pizza, pizza, pizza. Somewhere yeah, down the road soon, I hope. All three of us, yeah. guys, be good. Take care. Back at you, Bowler. The sooner the better. Uh, that is Craig Bowlerjack, television voice of the Utah Jazz. Game two tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Uh, tip-off, Jazz Nuggets game number two. Uh, Pre-game will begin at one. Uh, I'll do the pre-game with Hans and Scotty, and then, uh, Gordon, it's uh, you and me for half and post-game, which this uh, this day stuff is still uh, still kind of bizarre, but I'm just glad we're watching games. Yeah, games that matter, games that mean something, not just uh, those of us who watch, but those who are playing. And uh, that's pretty intense. It's pretty fun stuff, i got to say. David James coming up right around the corner, but joining us now, our friend Katie from Homey. We're helping you save money, and we're helping you find the home of your dreams or uh, sell a home maybe you've outgrown. Yeah. Yeah, we're here to help you with, with all steps of the home buying and selling process, whether it's buying a home, selling a home, refinancing a home. 
getting insurance for a home. We've got it all. We're there for you. We always, uh, David James is joining us next, and we always tease him that his home has a moat. Could you help find homes with moats if that's what you were looking for? If that's what you're looking for, maybe we can find that, or we'll find you a lot that you can uh, maybe dig a moat on. With piranha or without? (laughs) Uh, No, I'm joking, but you guys make the process so easy, and that's part of what's great about homing is we can talk about the the money saved, and that's a real thing, but also you guys have really streamlined the process to make it very friendly for your clients. We really have, and actually I just talked to Hans as he was exiting uh, the show earlier. Oh, Hans loves you guys. Yeah, and he's uh, selling a condo with us now, so he's set to close on the 24th, so we'll have to talk to him about how much he saves from that condo sell, and um, hopefully everything works out for him, but I'm excited for his experience and to hear to hear how what he experiences. But yeah, we're we're there to help save money. If you're gonna download the app, click to take a tour, find a home, or go on homey.com and get that home listed. You guys have taken an incredibly stressful process and really streamlined it. It's it's great. If you're looking uh, just to get started, just go to homey.com. It's that easy, right? Yep, that that's all you got to do. It's pretty easy. Or download the app. See, it's instructions like that, like even I can handle. Like, okay, homie doc. Okay, I can do yeah. that. Yeah, I can do that. Uh, thank you, Kitty. We appreciate thank you. Thank you. All right, we'll have more Big Show. David James joins us next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Yes, Jeff wanted a little newsies. Jeff is my new favorite listener. <laughs> Welcome on back. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to David James in a moment. Here's another movie I rewatched with my three-year-old uh, not that long ago. Still as amazing as the first time I saw it. What a great movie. Newsies? Yeah. Oh, phenomenal. Amazing movie. I love Newsies. So, Austin, you've been in numerous musicals. List them off for us real quick. No, I, that's boring. What, what, oh, what, no, what question do you have about Newsies? No, I want to know. Have you oh, ever done man. Newsies? Nope, never have done Newsies. Had considered doing Newsies. Farmington City was doing Newsies this summer, and then COVID said not so fast. So mm. haven't New- done it, though. Newsies the musical what? is also different than New- Newsies the movie. It was, is. Uh, was, was Christian Bale in that? Uh-huh. He was. He was. Uh, speaking of, can I tease this? Please. Speaking of Newsies, uh, the movie Zone sat, uh, Thursday night, Johnny Lightfoot, not only a world-famous rock star and producer and operations manager here at the Zone, in that order, but he has he's really good friends with a guy named David Moscow, who is, he plays Davey in Newsies, the movie. Yeah. And he was the little kid, Tom Hanks, on the movie Big. Right. And he was in the movie <laughs> Honey. Anyway, he's going to be on the movie zone. How about that? Thursday night. A real right. live celebrity on the movie zone. Not named Austin Horton or Johnny Lightfoot. Yeah, so this yeah. one you should really tune into. Right. Want to remind you about our friends at Zero Res, a clean home is a healthy home. And right now, Zero Res is cleaning carpets for $33 per month. Mention Jake from The Zone when you call and get a fourth room for free. Call Zero Res today to schedule your carpet cleaning, 801-288-9376. What's your favorite Christian Bale movie, Gordon? I'm not a big Christian Bale fan, but uh, probably one of the Batman movies. 
Yeah, it's got to be either Newsies or the second band. American Psycho. All right, let's get out to the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Of course, you see or you hear him from 6 to 10 right here on the Zone Radio Network. And you see him on KUTV Channel 2, not to mention KMYU. He's our good friend David James. What's happening, DJ? Just enjoying another hot Utah day. Gordon uh, is, is loving the heat, you know, this, this record-setting triple digits. I don't, I don't know if I'm on board with that one, Gordon. But you're Gordon is not right in the brain. <laughs> well, I'm not out working in the heat, so that's you know, makes a difference. Maybe a little bit different if you were like a roofer. Yes. <laughs> well, that would be worse. I'll give you that. That would be, yeah, if you're doing manual labor outdoors, you have my full and complete sympathy and respect right now. Uh, but I just, you know, I grew up in Southern California, and uh, – 95 bad, 75 good. I don't know what. I don't know how else to simplify it. DJ, and we're uh, past we're past 95. DJ, I want to get your thoughts on uh, on the Jazz game number one. Were there more? I know it was a loss, but the, were there more positives or negatives to take from that game in your mind? Uh, well, I suppose it just sets. Uh, it depends on where you set your expectations. You know, if you wanted to win, when you don't win, you see the negatives, and you just say Rudy can't be one for six at the free throw line. And uh, Donovan Mitchell can't be walking the ball up court and have that turnover and give Denver a really soft stop. Uh, at a point in the game where they just didn't seem capable of getting one, the Jazz were scoring every possession. And by Jazz, I mean, you know, four guys got out of the way and Donovan Mitchell scored every possession. Um, you, can't have, uh, you can't have your backup center grab nine rebounds, four of them offensive, but Tony Bradley was 0 for 3 from the floor. At some point, one of those four offensive rebounds needs to go back in the basket. Um, so, you know, you can find all the negatives and all the reasons they lost in overtime and didn't pull it out of regulation. Uh, I have to say that um, versus my expectations, what they did was better. I didn't think it was going to be an overtime game. I thought it was going to be a game where they played 35 to 40, really good, really competitive minutes. But I thought that they were going to have to run out some bench lineups that at some point were going to be short on talent, short on experience, short on offensive firepower. And I thought that either late first, early second quarter, when they'd probably be running one of those out, or late third, early fourth, when they'd have to run one of those out, I thought Denver was liable to drop a, you know, 15-4 to four run on them or something like that and basically end the game. And, you know, if they lost it by eight and we look back, oh, that five minutes is where it got away, I thought that's what it was going to look like. Um, and and I got to say, in the first half, it was kind of going that way. You know, they got down 8 or 10. They tied it up at 43. There was a 7-0 run. They were down 59-52 at the half. And I thought, you know, if they have a bad run here late in the third quarter, this will just be out of hand and it'll be done. And, and we'll say some guys played well, and then we'll say the stretches where they look good, but they didn't have the firepower. What caught me totally off guard, and I think they feed off Rudy like they usually do, is that, um, you know, Donovan was already going nuts in the second quarter. He only scored two in the first quarter. He went berserk in the second. In the third quarter, Rudy... You know, had that one possession where he got a couple of blocks and just he was flexing and he was all fired up. And they fed off that. And they won that quarter 31-19. And at no point did I think they were going to go into fourth quarter with the lead. And, you know, then it went back and forth from there. And Denver tied up. And the Jazz go back in front. And Donovan was, you know, from the six-and-a-half-minute mark on to the fourth quarter, he was nearly perfect. I mean, he was just hitting everything. It was so impressive. Um so I, I guess I'd have to say there were more positives than negatives because I really thought that they'd have that 17-4 to run that you know would put the game out of reach. So, DJ, I'll ask you the question I've been asking Jake and everybody else. What do the Jazz do to slow Jamal Murray down? Um, in the words of Matt Harpering, law of numbers. 
Uh, he meant law of averages, but that law of numbers just cracks PK and up because PK and I up because we know either one of us could have boarded it out. But Matt's the one who did, and we are forever grateful for that. Um, they shot the three really well. They were 53%. They made more than half of their three-pointers. And I just don't think they're going to keep that up. Uh, I don't think Donovan will keep shooting, uh, you know, keep scoring 57 points a game either. Um, but they had uh, – Locke was giving me the numbers I was talking about on the phone today, and I think it was they were 20 of 33 above the break. You know, it wasn't just that Murray was hot. There were lots of guys who shot it as well as they can shoot it. And this is a group I don't think they can do that. I think Murray's a very good player. I think Murray's going to get his. I think you just pencil Murray in for 20 points a game. Um, he's kind of Bogdanovich in that role. I don't, I don't think he's a defensive stopper by any mind, but by any stretch of the imagination, but I think he will get his. Um, but he doesn't average 36 points a game. He's, just, he's not going to get that hot game in and game out, nor, nor is Donovan. You know, and I guess that would be the thing to worry about is when Donovan doesn't score 57 points, uh, he got 57 of their 105. You know, is uh, is Niang going to hit threes? You know, I think Joe gave them about as much as they could expect offensively. Um, they're going to need some other guys to chip in. You know, Bradley's going to have to give them six or eight points. You know, they're going to have to ham and egg it, kind of the way Denver did, where you know everybody gives you those you know five to seven to ten points a game. David James with us, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. Uh, DJ, I don't know if you made it an official prediction or not, but how far do you see this series going? You know, honestly, I thought when it started it was, uh, it was four or five. I thought the Jazz were better than I expected. I thought the bench played better than I expected. Um, you know, there's not a lot of firepower there. There's no proven playoff history. And, you know, the playoffs are the playoffs as far as the intensity and the stakes – but you still don't have fans screaming at you and all the hype, which shouldn't matter. But, you know, people are people, and they can be fragile. And certainly the first time you see that, you can be overwhelmed by it. And so maybe that helps some of the young guys perform better. But now, you know, with the, with the words that Conley's back in the bubble, I assume that this means he's going to be able to play in game three. You know, you've got to be back for four days. Now, four days, does that mean four tests? Did he get in Monday night and take a test? I don't see why you'd be back on Tuesday morning unless it was able, unless you were able to play on Friday. You just spend a little more time with the family and get in on Tuesday night. You know, there isn't a game until Game Four is Sunday. If he's just trying to get back for Game Four, he can come back on Wednesday, you know, and spend more time with his kids and more time with his wife. So the fact that he was back and we're seeing it on Twitter, I don't know if he got in this morning or last night, but my guess is it was last night, and he's going to be able to. Um, He's going to be able to play in game three. So, you know, could they get a game or two and take this five or six? Yeah. I think the earlier they get it, the better, because I think if they're actually going to win the series, which I picked Denver to win, um, but if the Jazz are going to pull the upset, I think what has to happen is they've got to get a game here and put pressure on them. I think it really needs to look like the Oklahoma City series two years ago, where there were plenty of people who thought Oklahoma should be favored, but the Jazz, you get a game or two early and you get in somebody's head, you create a little doubt, and with the Jazz, without you just without Bogdanovich, Denver's the favorite. Denver's the three seed; they're the favorite. Then you, Conley's out for a game, two, maybe three, but I think two. Um, Denver's the favorite. So if they're struggling, if this series is one-one or two-two, or if the Jazz are able to get up two-one, um, you know maybe the pressure helps you. You just leverage the pressure back on them, and that helps you beat them. And when you see how poorly Paul George played in Game Six two years ago, you know that was that was part of it. You know. So, I know life's not fair, but it is kind of 
harsh to judge the Jazz, given the fact that they gave up Derek Favors, essentially, gave up Ricky Rubio, they gave up Crowder, they gave up others. And the, the guys that they got back, or not in direct form, but they, Bogdanovich and Conley, the two main pl- parts yeah, to that right, whole thing, yeah. aren't available in these first two games. And Bogdanovich, not at all. It's kind of tough to lose some defensive presence and then lose your offensive presence as well. Uh, you know, it runs rich with irony, right? You watch the last playoff series with the Rockets, and really they were judging the playoff series with the Rockets two years ago also. You know, and you've got those two playoff series, and you think, okay, so there's the problem with their team. Team needs more shooting. They basically went out and put $50 million of cap room on the Conley and Bogdanovich. I think if you add them up, I think it's actually 49-5, but let's just round it up. It's $50 million worth of cap room on these two players, and now you don't have those two players when the series starts. You know, it's kind of like, well, you know, you analyze the problem, you offer the solution, and now you don't have the solution. So, yeah, it sucks, but... um this is where I think you switch from basketball to college football, and Kyle Whittingham likes to say, you know, uh, half the people don't care about your problems, and the other half are glad you have them. So, yeah, it's not fair and it sucks, but that's the deal. So try to figure out how to win game two. Because if you win a game without Bogdanovich and without Conley, it's just the Denver Nuggets are human beings. That has got to get in their head to think, man, we just turned this into a best of five. We totally gave one away. What are we doing, you know? And maybe that helps you in game three and you have Conley back. So it does suck, but if you win game two, it works to your advantage. So you just got to figure out how to get it done. I think the Johnny Bryant news broke after your show, DJ. So for the big show listeners, let's get David James' opinion on uh, Johnny Bryant going to the Big Apple. Um, Good for Johnny Bryant. Johnny Bryant is a self-made guy. He played at the U. He um, was working players out one-on-one. Uh, Dennis Lindsay heard about it and saw what he was doing um, with players. And I want to say that Price and Mill, I could be wrong on the backstory, but I think Price and Millsap were the first two jazz guys he worked with, I think. Ronnie Price and Paul Millsap. I, I think I've got that right. And Dennis has an interest in, um, you know, building guys from, you know, building guys up and bringing them along and identifying specific things in their game and and to put people into specific drills that improve them in specific ways that you can see pay off in a game. And the fact that this was happening in his town outside of his organization intrigued him. And the story is that he went to, uh, I think it was a lifetime fitness, but it was whatever, some open gym and rode a bike not because he wanted to ride a bike, but because he wanted to be able to work out and watch the workout, and he ended up hiring Johnny. And the fact that Johnny ends up not left behind in Utah and not sitting in the second row, but he and Alex Jensen sit on either side of Quinn, Johnny's a self-made guy. And, you know, coaches who have the way paved with gold because their dad were coaches, I mean, you still have to be good to stay in, so I don't want to take every, any, everything away from them because you got to know your stuff. I mean, certainly it helped Kyle Whittingham that his dad was a coach, right? But at some point – you got to stand on your own two feet, and you win or lose, you're either good enough or you're not, and Kyle is obviously good enough. Um, but the fact that Johnny is so self-made, I think it's an awesome story. Because assistants aren't allowed to talk to the media, it's an under-told story, but it's still out there. And so I couldn't be happier for Johnny Bryant. It sucks for the Jazz. Um, they have paired him up when they work assistant coaches with players. They have paired him up with some of the best players on the team. He worked with Gordon Hayward. And there's a story that isn't well told. Um, but Hayward, I personally think, did Johnny dirty big time. 
I don't care so much about Hayward leaving or how he left, but how the, the Johnny had this individual workout for Gordon, and that Gordon brought his workout guy in to observe Johnny working Gordon out. And he did it after the playoffs, before he left as a free agent, and basically just to steal Johnny Bryan's blood, sweat, and tears. It sucked. I think it's a terrible story. It pisses me off. <laughs> I don't know how else to tell you. I don't like it, you know? And I get that it was best for Gordon, and everybody's looking for every edge in the NBA, so I get that. A thousand dirtier things had happened in the NBA than that. But I interviewed Johnny Bryan when he played at the U. And we're, not, we're supposed to be automatrons. We're not supposed to have favorites. But you just can't watch a guy go through the U at a time when the U is struggling. You know, they are not at their best. And he gets out and he carves out a career for himself. And Gordon runs off with his $30 million a year and copies the workout. That sucked. <laughs> that just sucked. I don't know how else to tell you. But you know what? They partner him up with another good player, and he works with the best players on the team. So it's, it's a loss for the organization. And, but that's what happens. If you're in the top third of the NBA, if you're in the top third of anything, it doesn't matter, Major League Baseball, the NFL, college football, college basketball, if you're in the top third, people in the bottom third are going to steal your ideas and they're going to steal your people. That's just how it works. So – you got to tip your cap to Johnny and congratulate him. Great for him. I mean, obviously the Knicks organization is all sorts of jacked up, but they're starting over. they got Walt Perrin, who I think is good at his job. got Johnny Bryan, who's good at his job. If their owner would just get out of the way, maybe this uh, you know, 20-year train wreck uh, can be straightened out. DJ, a pleasure to hear your voice in the afternoon. Thank you very much, my friend. We'll be listening in tomorrow morning. All right. Thanks a lot. Talk to you then. See you, buddy. That's our friend David James, DJ and PK, 6 to 10 every morning. And, of course, catch him on uh, KUTV2 News. All right, uh, we'll have more uh, The Drop of the Day coming up next. Uh, Austin promises it's a good one. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. If you missed yesterday's uh, sounds uh, uh, of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it? Yeah, this one goes out to the dreamer, always out there aiming high. Don't you let them clip your wings or say that you can't fly. This one goes, this one goes out to Jack, who wanted a little Aaron Watson. Watson? On what a, a great uh, name. What a great name. Jack. That's a great name. You know, every time I hear the last name Watson, I think of uh, Coming to America. Randy Watson. Yes. Randy Watson. <laughs> Randy. <laughs> That's a funny Watson. movie. Oh, That's that, a funny movie. That movie is incredible. I, I love that. man. And aren't they rebooting it? <sighs> Not rebooting. There's a sequel difference. Oh, is it? And it's going to be terrible. We can all agree, It'll right? It'll be terrific. And I just don't want to be in it. The same people. Arsenio oh. Hall. You think Arsenio Hall? Of course Arsenio's in it. You think he's, he's not has anything, anything to do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I thought he might be. He hasn't had a part. job in 31 years. <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't think, come to think of it, I don't think Eddie Murphy's done much lately either. (laughs) What happens to to actors like that who make a bunch of money early on and then everything, you know, you never hear about him. I mean, is he running out? Because, you know, it's expensive being rich. Yeah, I I mean, you know, I don't know about these people in particular, but uh, as far as Hollywood goes, I just assume they they snort it or drink it or whatever and then go get a normal job. (laughs) Is that what they do? They're all out selling insurance now. Yeah, right. And then when the money runs dry, they're you know go uh, go do something else. I don't know. I'm making a joke. I have no idea. 
Uh, we do. It is time for uh, drop of the day, also known as sounds of various clips. Austin has selected our drop of the day today. What are we listening to? Uh, the Woj Pod had Goran Dragic, Dragic on it, and he shared a prank that the greatest center to ever walk the earth, Shaquille O'Neal, played on him when he was a rookie with the Phoenix Suns. How did he treat rookies in the NBA? <laughs> you know, I, I have to admit he was great. Uh, you know, he, he did take care of me. Uh, he had a lot of jokes. Uh, he was so funny. Uh, but yeah, one of those anecdotes, uh, I always had to um, carry his keyboard when we go on away. It's a, a big keyboard. And, you know, from the bus to the plane, from the plane to the hotel. And uh, a few times uh, my room was next to his, and, and I never heard him, you know, play on it. <laughs> and on the end of the season, I asked him, hey, Shaq, did you ever play on the keyboard? He said, no. I said, why not? He said, yeah. It doesn't work. It's broke. So I had to, I had to carry this keyboard <laughs> the whole season, and that was my uh, rookie duties. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm really happy that I was a part of that team. That's kind of funny. Pretty funny, right? That is kind of funny. That's diabolical. That, that's, a, that's almost DeMarcus Cousins territory, there, isn't it? Oh, do you think that no. that was bullying? DeMarcus well, Cousins did horrendous, abhorrent things. Yeah, the Goran Dragic. This is, a, this is a broken keyboard from the DI he had to carry around. I know, but think of all that extra effort he put in for, for all wasted energy. It weighs eight pounds. It's not, it's not a... <laughs> wow, if it weighs eight pounds, that's the world heaviest keyboard. <laughs> okay, probably so. <laughs> eight pounds. Wait, wait, wait it's, no, it's one of those big musical boards. That could weigh well oh, okay, I was thinking, I was thinking computer keyboard. Was oh, it like, no. like Casio keyboard? It was a uh, keyboard, so. that's all it said, but it wasn't It wasn't a baby grand. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> what are you talking about? It comes with a handle and a carrying <laughs> case. Pushing, pushing. DeMarcus yeah, Cousins right. threatened someone's family for his, di- his per diem. <laughs> Stop it. I, I got to agree with Austin here. All yeah, right. this is that just may a, have overdone it, but you got to admit that's kind of that's kind of mean. It's pretty funny. It's that's pretty well not thought mean. out. It's yeah, you, you're a rookie. Deal with it. Carrying this broken keyboard. <laughs> who, who was it on the Jazz that used to kick the balls up into the stadium seats and make the rookies go Richard get it? Richard Jefferson. I think no, it might no, have been Al Jefferson. Guy. Maybe Al. Yeah. Or the the, uh, what, the little the kid backpacks with, was a thing for a while. What's Remember the that? Deal with hazing the rookies. Why well, you got to do that? They hardly tied him to a goalpost naked. Yeah. They had him carry an instrument. And I don't think you have to do anything, but I think hazing the rookies has been something for a while. I know, but I don't like hazing. I don't, I don't think it's necessary to put people through that kind of misery in order to make Safety them oh, part of the club. Misery, carrying around a keyboard, misery. Kicking balls into the stands and saying, hey, go get them? You can say no. Making making people wear Dora the Explorer backpacks? Oh man, it's a camaraderie thing. What's the matter? With, yeah, what is wrong with Dora? <laughs> what do you mean camaraderie? Since I mean, well, I know I understand that this is a bit of a tradition in the Marines. Sometimes, why do you got to make people do stupid things in order to make them feel part of the club? It doesn't. How does that help? I, you know, Gordon, you could. Uh... You Look were on the safety patrol. Yeah, you absolutely were. Jeez. Okay. I know, but I didn't haze Miss Finster! 
Hey, man, I had to campaign for that. I had to give a speech at a convention. I had to be elected to that and position. And all the moms voted for and, it. And what, it. how did they no, haze you? No, it was the students who voted, not the moms. Not a chance. And how did they haze you once you got elected to welcome you to the club? What did they do? Not at all, man. I was in charge. I was large. So how did you haze the other safety patrol people? I didn't. I respected them. God, comparing this to Demarcus Cousins, yeah, it's amazing. All right, we're, we're, we're hitting the brakes there. Uh, joining us now in studio, our friend Katie from Homie. We're saving you money. We're helping make your life easier, and uh, really, um, that matters a lot. Yeah, it does. So not only are we helping you save money, but we're helping you find your dream home as easy as we possibly can. We've got a great app that's got. All the listings on there, so you can go on, download the app. Um, if you register to be a homie buyer, we now have exclusive early listings. So we've got homie early listings on there. Before they hit the MLS, you can look and see if it's something you want, and uh, we can get you in there and, and get your offer submitted so you're not having to deal with everybody else and you get that exclusive access to that. That's a big deal because it's competitive out there. It is a really competitive market. The The market right now, there's a there's a big shortage on homes. There's not as many people listing their homes right now, but there's a lot of buyers out there. Um, and so our buyers are really wanting to come and find the dream home that they've been wanting and waiting for. And um, they've got a great a great loan through Homey Loans. And so now, now they just need to go find their dream home. And it's just amazing the the amount of dollars that you save people buying or selling for that matter. I mean, this is type this is type of money that matters to people. Exactly. So not only are we helping you find your dream home and and get you in and get you out, get you out of the door, but we're also offering you up to five thousand dollars back. Um, so we're we're trying to get you the best value for your money and and get you money back. And you don't have to sacrifice any of the personal touches either. I mean, you've got an agent assigned to you. I mean, it's it's not. A more difficult process to save exactly. that money. Exactly. Yeah. So you'll you can go on and go online or go on the app and click to take a tour. And one of our agents is going to meet you at the door and they're going to walk you through the whole process. So they'll help you through due diligence. They'll help you when you decide on what negotiations you want. They're going to help you through all of that. You're not in this alone. Our experience is there to help you and guide you. And our our homie agents are there to to help you through the whole process. All right. Homie.com. Jump on. Uh, jump online, homie.com. Katie, it's always great to see you. Thank you for coming in today. We appreciate it. Thanks. It was good to see you. And thank you for taking care of our listeners, too. Anytime. You, you guys do a great job. To. All right, homie.com. Jump on there, homie.com. More big show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. A big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Another Tuesday comes and goes. Tuesday's gone with the wind, as uh, your favorite band, Leonard Skinner, once said, Gordon. It is gone with the wind, and uh, another playoff game tomorrow. That's kind of sweet. Oh, it's totally sweet. Again, 2 o'clock tip, uh, one, 1 o'clock pregame. Uh, Gordon, uh, by the way, Salt Lake City. Hit a record temperature, 101 today, breaking the previous daily record of 99 degrees. Should we do a stab in the dark type of guess? You want to guess what year that was? Oh, man. Let, let me, uh, I'll, I'll give you a little no, hint. You would have been about 18. 1946? 1932. Hmm. Oh, not even a chuckle from that joke? Come on. Well, I was adding to it. I see. I see. Andy was 19. Amazing, though. Put some respect on it. 
I mean, where did this this year 2020 is just something else. Now we're setting I mean, heat records. Did you read about the the wind damage in the Midwest from the mid uh, the wind phenomenon that was the strength of a category category two hurricane? Was it gone with the wind? Oh, well, I walked into that one, didn't I? Yeah, kind of did. Uh, but no, very serious. I, I read about the, uh, the the fire tornado in Reno over the weekend. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> This is, aren't there, isn't there some sort of bug that's taken over Africa, too? I, mean, I don't know. I haven't read about that one, but let me tell you what, it would not surprise there, me. There was the first confirmed, uh, uh, condi- uh, sorry, uh, diagnosis of the plague in Reno over the weekend, first in five years. You mean the bubonic, the the bubonic, bubonic plague, plague first is, in is now in the biggest little city in the world? Yeah. Tahoe, excuse me, not Reno, but yeah. Oh, jeez. Well, wait a minute here. <laughs> uh, see, it... <laughs> I mean, do you think this is happening? This has been happening all along. It's just that we have more intense coverage of everything now. Or do you think things are really going to hell in a handbasket? I I think the former to a certain extent. I don't. I think it's all over. Although you know this this wind <laughs> phenomenon in the Midwest is something that only happens <laughs> extremely rarely. I don't want to. I don't want to. The plague. Quote stats that I don't know. Yeah, but the plague. But yeah, I do think there is a certain amount of. We're we're uber focused on negative things these days. You know, look at you with your head in the sand. I don't think we can let what Austin said just go by without comment. <laughs> you think it's over? You you think the world is coming to an end? That's 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 it. That's <laughs> that's it. The dinosaurs are up there laughing. Ha ha! See now. Well then, Austin, what are we doing here? Why are why are we in in Vegas living it up? Spending all of Gordon's millions. <laughs> why are we not? Why Can't are, take him with you, Gordon. Are we not completely dismantling our lives because it doesn't matter because it's all over it's a anyway? Good point. I'm out of here. Yeah, what are we doing? Yeah. Austin, is that your recommendation? Bye! <laughs> well, maybe on Austin's 35th birthday, is that what it is? So we decide I had a great sure? run. No, I really didn't, but I had a run. <laughs> On your 35th birthday, we have determined that the world is coming to an end? The plague. Fire tornadoes. Pandemics. Murder hornets, lest we forget. I think locusts, too, weren't they? uh, Locusts, yes. And and now this bug in Africa. Record heat in Utah. An earthquake. Mm. It's been interesting. As long as the super volcano in Yellowstone doesn't blow. Well, let's not tempt fate. What are you doing? We're already talking about the, the crappy things that actually exist. Let's not add on to the to the anxieties of everybody else with something that we're going to go. That's a pretty yeah, fast. The super volcano to blows. We're all toast. I mean, we might as well just, you know. So maybe Austin's idea is not so bad after all. His idea to what? Party it up? That was my idea. That was oh. Jake's idea. <laughs> Put the blame yeah, where Austin, it belongs. Well, any excuse. Austin confirmed it. He said he was going to quit and just go do whatever he's going to do. Jake made a good point. Yeah, let's do it. I'm on. I, I'm. I'm game, Austin. Why am I here with you? Two? Yeah, right. Let's let's go make this happen. <laughs> uh, I don't know whether we really should send our our listeners off with such talk. I mean, let's come on. Come up with something positive. Come up with something that makes everyone feel better about their existence, Jake. The sun will uh, come out tomorrow. How about how about this, Gordon? Cold beer is delicious, <laughs> and I would uh, uh, and helps me uh, cope with uh, the issues that are twenty twenty. All right, so drink away. Yeah, exactly, Gordon. 
You want me to bring a uh, you want me to bring a case of butt heavies up to up your way on my way home? <laughs> That's okay. No, I've you good? Fine without it all these years, so it's gonna be all right. Okay, all right, buddy. Uh, well, hey, uh, in all seriousness, enjoy your evening, and uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow on a game day. <laughs> okay, so long, everybody. <laughs> it's a big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.